Hey everybody, welcome to episode four of the Grabs Podcast. I'm Grant Schwalbe. Joining me today is Captain Paul George. He's on Hillsborough County down in Florida and he's on the engine. Today we're going to be talking about a grab made on May 27th, 2019. Welcome, Paul. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us a little bit about your department so people get a background of, of what we're dealing with before we jump into the call? Yes, thanks for having me on, Grant. Um, I've been with the department about 18 years. I've uh, been doing this for a little over 20. Uh, Hillsborough County is a, a huge uh, department. We have 44 stations, uh, some rural, uh, suburban. So we have to kind of train for, for everything. Um, I'm on an engine with uh, two other guys. We, uh, we average about anywhere from six to 10 calls at our station a day on our engine. What do you guys typically get on a residential structure fire? We typically get uh, three engines, a truck, one rescue, and two BCs. It's a rural area. We'll also get two water tankers, if possibly three, depending on the location. And so people know, because rescues are so regional, what's a rescue in Hillsborough County? Um, uh, our rescue is, um, it'll, it'll have two um, firefighter paramedics on it. We're all dual, pretty much all dual certified. Their main um, job is transport during the day for medical. Uh, we do use them for writ and also fire attack if needed uh, for manpower-wise. Cool. Tell us a little bit about your search culture. Who's doing searches typically on your residential fires? Uh, typically, uh, our truck crew is going to be uh, our search crew. But if we do have a confirmed person or victim inside, uh, the initial engine arriving crew will take over search. We, uh, will, we will make entry without a hose line to go find the victim. And you were telling me in that case, the engineer stretching to the front door and your second do is going to pick up that fire attack position. And they're typically between what, like one and four minutes behind that first do unit? Correct. Yeah, usually our second arriving engine or next crew will be one to four minutes. And my, uh, our drivers will usually get the line ready for the next arriving crew so they can go in and uh, protect our means of ingress. Nice. So let's let's jump into the grab. May 27, 2019. What time of day did this come in? And then just let us know what, how it went down. Okay. Yes, yeah, it was a Memorial Day. Uh, it was about 8.18. The call came in for a structure fire. We, were, we, were, we took off. Uh, there was no confirmed victims at the time of the dispatch. On our way there, dispatch or ADC confirmed that it was a working fire due to the multiple calls. They went ahead and put a, a second alarm on it, which is uh, just duplicates uh, the initial response. My engine arrived directly behind the first new engine as we were pulling up, you know, did a three-sided view of the, the house, set up command. We parked our rig right in front of the house uh, to, to take over fire attack. Uh, the conditions that night were starting to get dark. Uh, the wind was uh, pushing all the smoke down. So it was a heavy smoke across the street in front of the house, you know, making visibility less even outside the house. The smoke was dark, black, gray, coming out of the the eaves on the attic, the front door, we pulled up. No flames showing at this, this time yet. As I opened my door, um, there's a gentleman walking by, and I asked him if there was anybody inside. He said, yes, my wife went back inside the house to get her medications. So my firefighter and myself uh, exited the rig. I was met the first arriving captain that set up command, and I, we confirmed that there was somebody in there. We determined that our, our crew was going to go in and do a search for her. He assigned his firefighter to pull the line and protect our means of egress once we went in. So we quickly masked up, 
we're at the front door. We didn't have to force it because it was already open from her going in. I used my tick. I scanned the first room. Visibility was zero to the floor. Thick black gray smoke all the way down. Heat was mild to moderate. Once we scanned that room, we didn't see anybody. We moved aggressively walking about 10 feet into the structure. Once we got in there, uh, I heard somebody out for help. This time I knew this, uh, this person was to my left. So myself and my firefighter started aggressively moving uh, down the hallway using the tick to navigate through all this. Uh, we both had helmet lights on, um, did nothing to help us with our being able to search the house at all due to the visibility and the thick smoke. We made it aggressively down the hallway to the first room. I scanned it with the tick, nothing. I called out to uh, the person, told them, you know, the fire department, we're on our way. They yelled out one more time. I knew at that point they were farther down uh, the hall to the next room. We made our way aggressively down the hallway. I scanned that room. Uh, I saw the body over on the left side. Looked like they appeared there kneeled over a nightstand. I left my firefighter at the door. I walked over to uh, the victim, put my hand on her shoulder. They looked up at me and collapsed. The smoke and visibility was the same throughout the whole house. Zero visibility all the way to the floor. I'm still not sure how this person even was able to uh, get out the two yells they did. This time I started feeling the wall, trying to see if there's a window above us or right by us that we could possibly take this person out quickly. Um, there was nothing there. Uh, we were back in the Bravo Charlie side of the house. My firefighter and I laid the, um, the victim down. She was a, a medium-sized woman. We, uh, at that time, due to the visibility and her just collapsing, we decided to aggressively pull her out. We started dragging. He got one arm, I got the other. We made it to the door of the bedroom, realized we all, both the, all three of us couldn't fit through there. We got down on his hands and knees, threw her legs over his shoulder. So we started doing a push-pull drag, pulling one arm of hers, and I was using the tick in my other hand to navigate our way out. Um, there was a, not a lot of clutter in the house, so we were able to do this push-pull drag very smoothly. The firefighter I had with me only had like three months on the job. <clears throat> this couldn't have gone any more seamlessly as we did this. Uh, every time he felt me pull, he pushed. We made it down the hallway. We were probably approximately about 30, 35 feet from the front door. We made it down the, out of the room, down the hall, around the corner, where we ran in uh, to two more firefighters on the hose line right by the door. They, they then assisted us getting her the rest of the way out. We uh, moved her out, put her on the stretcher. Uh, the rescue crew took over. They bagged her for about two minutes, got her back in the truck, never had to intubate her, and uh, she ended up uh, going to the hospital and then uh, leaving the hospital and going back up north to live with her family. Nice. Outstanding story. A couple things that stand out to me on this one was, was the time factor. Uh, you mentioned that from beginning, from you getting off the rig to the time you were out with the victim, somewhere in the neighborhood of 90 seconds. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, it was, uh, it was really quick. It's something else, too. I think we get caught up a lot of times in, in just we're going to go in, we're going to do an oriented search, we're going to do a split search, we're going to do something like that, but we neglect to shut up and stop talking with other firefighters and to listen. Her calling out definitely aided you guys in locating that victim so you didn't have to go do a traditional search. Uh, one thing I might, ever, might change if I ever did it again is if somebody says there's somebody in there or asked which room they might think they're in. But going in there and um, listening was the key to finding this lady.
because um, we're at, we're at the crossroads. Or are we going to go left? We're going to go right with our tick. But as soon as she called out, I knew exactly which direction to go. Yeah, and a lot of times you, you mentioned by the time you made it up to her, she was almost unconscious. If we think about onset of the fire till we arrive, that can be a delay of five, six, seven minutes. They're not even that victim might not even be aware we're there. You know, something real good, a good habit to get into. It's just fire department. We're here. Where are you at? Fire department is anybody inside, and and you did that, and it definitely definitely aided. So the drag that you guys did, something that stands out to me, and we, we see this all the time, is, you know, you get, we're just going to gr- grab and go. You you mentioned that you recognize the conditions were the same in the bedroom as they were in the rest of the house, which typically is going to lead us to get to the front door or however we came is going to be the fastest way out. If obviously if we find somebody in a tenable room with, uh, with light smoke and we just came from nasty smoke, we're going to try to take the victim out and do the least amount of damage. And that might be a window given that it was all the same. You guys decided, Hey, we're going right back to the, to the way we came and you're dealing with a 35 foot search. Um, you ran into some issues at the bedroom door. Do we see that a lot when we're, when we're teaching classes that you can't fit three people through a, through a typical door frame. Yeah. But I love that you guys switched over to a push pull technique and it sounded like it worked out well for you. Yeah, it did. It, it went, it went smooth. Uh, it, absolutely. If the, if the room conditions would have been different, I'd have, you know, probably closed the door and found a different way out. But uh, going back out the way we came in was uh, absolutely quickest way to get her out. And clearly the proof is in 90 seconds from from rig to victim out. And the fact that she walked out of the hospital and didn't need uh, extensive care is a testament to the good job you guys did. Thanks, Paul, for sharing your story. We appreciate it. If you get a grab or have had a grab, live or dead, go on to Firefighter Rescue Survey, fill out that information um, because NIFR's information sucks. And that's information for us, by us, so we can teach teach our guys better and really get down to what's actually happening on the fire ground. The goal of these podcasts is to keep it short. We want, we want you to have a mental picture of the grabs that are happening all over the country. Please share your story. It doesn't have to be something awesome. You don't have to be Superman. It, you could have had some failures that you just, uh, people can definitely learn from that. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me to do that, uh, find me on Facebook, Grant Schwalbe, or Residential Primary Search Making the Grab, or get a hold of Justin McWilliams. He's also on Facebook and he runs the Search Culture page. So thanks for listening, and we look forward to doing more of these.